to Authentic News right here on RBN Live. This is Jim Fetzer, your host. It's 22nd day of February 2024. We begin with observations that under the fog of war, Ukraine has canceled its 2024 presidential election. Imagine that. This democracy we're fighting for has canceled its election, censored its press, prisoned its critics, banished its political opposition. The Zelensky-led government has transformed the country into a totalitarian dictatorship, as there is no semblance of a liberal democracy left in Ukraine. A very significant political event occurred earlier this month that almost nobody noticed. President Voldemar Zelensky, leader of the war-torn country, just received approval from his parliament to extend martial law another 90 days. There have been many parliamentary extensions of the wartime mandate, but this one carried special significance because the 2024 presidential elections in Ukraine were scheduled for March 31st, coinciding with the end of Zelensky's five-year term. Thus, now martial law is in place. It covers that time period. Ukraine's presidential elections have been canceled indefinitely. That sounds like a really wonderful country for us to spend our time, our money, maybe our manpower, all of our weapons. Ridiculous. Meanwhile, Reuters reporting, Ukraine outnumbered, outgunned, ground down by relentless Russia. Here's a report from Ukraine. As the war enters its third year, the infantry of the 59th Brigade are confirming a bleak reality. They're running out of soldiers and ammunition to resist their Russian invaders. One platoon commander who goes by the call sign, Tigger, estimated that just 60 to 70 percent of the several thousand men in the brigade at the start of the conflict were still serving. The rest have been killed, wounded, or signed off for reasons such as old age or illness. You believe me, it's worse than that. Now, here's a rather striking report on Twitter. Emma Patina, director of the Institute for International Strategic Studies, report the Nordic Times. A British submarine stages sabotage on the Nord Stream. Journalists of the Scandinavian portal of the Nordic Times, together with an analyst with a pseudonym, Mortimer, came to the conclusion that the direct perpetuators of the sabotage on the Nord Stream in December 2022 were the British Navy. And the sabotage itself was carried out with the knowledge of Liz Truss during a record-breaking short stay at 10 Downing Street. The researcher drew attention to the visit of Alec Shelbrook and Minister of State for Defense Procurement in the Trust Cabinet to the Clyde Naval Base in Scotland. He inspected one particular submarine, HMS Ambush, which returned to port a week after the attack on Nord Stream and met with a captain and crew. This is a remarkable development, which may round out our understanding of the Nord Stream events. Meanwhile, the United States has told a U.N. court, Israel, must be allowed to continue its occupation of Palestine. This is the United States government. You want to know why they think of us as ugly Americans? Here's a perfect illustration. A State Department official, speaking before the International Court of Justice, urged the body not to order Israel to end the occupation of Palestine. 
The court is currently hearing arguments in a case that calls on Israel to end the military occupation of the West Bank and Gaza. The ICJ will hear arguments from more than 50 countries over six days. On the third day of the trial, State Department legal advisor Richard Wisek argued to the ICJ that Israel needs to continue the occupation of Palestine for security reasons. The court should not find that Israel is legally obligated to immediately and unconditionally withdraw from occupied territory, Maris said. Any movement toward Israel's withdrawal from the West Bank and Gaza requires consideration of Israel's very real security needs. We were all reminded of these security needs on October 7th, and they persist. But remember, October 7th was an orchestrated event to justify everything that Netanyahu wanted to do. Meanwhile, Israel intensifies its airstrikes as Rafta invasion looms. Antiwar.com reporting. Israel intensified airstrikes on Rafa on Wednesday as Israeli officials are threatening to invade the city, which is packed with an estimated 1.5 million Palestinians. Reuters reported Israeli bombardment in Rafa killed over a dozen members of the Al Nur family including a one-and-a-half-year-old girl at the site of the bombed house. Palestinians criticize the U.S. for vetoing a ceasefire resolution at the U.N. Security Council and for support of the Israeli onslaught. Since October 7th and until this moment, the U.S. has been supporting Israel with rockets, aircraft, and tanks. All of these massacres are because of America said Yosef Shek Al-Ud, whose brother was inside the targeted house. Gaza's health ministry said a total of 118 Palestinians were killed in Gaza on Feb 21 through 20 to 21, bringing the total death toll up to 29,313, 69,333 wounded, two-thirds women and children. Surprise, surprise. Meanwhile... And this also will come as no surprise. Israeli forces fired on food convoy in Gaza. UN documents and satellite analysis reveals. CNN. Israeli forces fired on a United Nations convoy carrying vital food supplies in central Gaza on February 5th before ultimately blocking the trucks from progressing to the northern part of the territory. Palestinians are on the verge of famine, going to documents shared exclusively by the UN and CNN own analysis. CNN has seen correspondence between the UN and the Israeli military that show the convoy's route was agreed upon by both parties prior to the strike, according to an internal incident report compiled by the UN refugee organization, the main UN relief organization in Gaza which was also seen by CNN. The truck was one of ten in a convoy, sitting stationary at an IDF holding point when it was attacked. Wow. Meanwhile, Israel's having to tell their soldier to behave amid widespread looting in Gaza. Again, is this a surprise? This is from the New Era. Israel's military prosecutor warned soldiers to avoid criminal acts in Gaza in the wake of many reports documenting widespread looting by Israeli soldiers. The Israeli military has warned soldiers against theft in Gaza amid widespread reports and video footage of looting and misuse of private Palestinian property by troops occupying the territory. Israeli military advocate general Yavidat Tomer Yerushalmi issued a public letter Wednesday to Israeli soldiers deployed in Gaza, warning them against committing criminal acts in the Strip. The letter was released amid reports of widespread looting by Israeli soldiers in Gaza, to which the Israeli army has failed to respond until now. Again, no surprise. Raiding, raping, looting, killing, having a grand time 
slaughtering Palestinians. Meanwhile, information liberation. Douglas Murray announces new doxing database to keep critics of Israel from getting a job. That's nice. Douglas Murray, directive of the British Free Speech Union, announced a new initiative Monday aimed at doxing critics of Israel for hate speech and keeping them from getting jobs. Douglas Murray, as director of the British Free Speech Union, is now going to lead an initiative to have harsher penalties for those accused of hate speech and bar bigots from employment opportunities based on social media posts. He would commented on Twitter. These speech laws have been used to target nationalists more than anyone. For his countryman, Sam Molina, is going to jail for sharing stickers about mass migration. And this is what he's working on. What a disgrace. A disgrace indeed. Meanwhile, what's happening at elite universities since October 7th? This is from VDARE. After October 7th, there were a lot of think pieces in conservative media declaring that wokeness was finally finished. Wokes have finally got known by facts and logic. As best I can tell, things here on campus seem about as woke and or anti-woke as they were before. Since we're now a couple of months into the Israeli-Palestine being the current thing, with no chance of peace breaking out in the Middle East in sight, i like to take a chance to reflect back on the underlying demographic trends at work on elite college campuses and make some predictions about the direction intellectual discourse will take in the future. Despite all the storm and drag on campuses over the past couple of months, it's worth noting that pretty much no elite university I'm aware of has changed any of their underlying free speech or hiring policies. The goal Fighting gay congressional anti-Semitism hearing turned out to be a massive momentary PR fiasco, but it's not as if the underlying DIE apparatus at Harvard or any Ivy League school is different now than it was before. The strategy of both university administration have been tell both the pro-Palestine and pro-Palestine, pro-Israel and pro-Palestine constituencies what they want to hear and basically write it out. We pledge to combat the officially certified 10,000% increase in both anti-Semitism and, anti and Islamophobia. This seemed to have been more or less a correct strategy from a fundraising and CYA perspective. Meanwhile, the United States is not actually withdrawing its military forces, or I believe it's going to be forced to do so, but continuing to build many bases. For example, responsible statescraft reports. U.S. Inc.'s deal to build up to five bases in Somalia. This isn't necessarily about security, but an increasing influence game in the region. On February 15th, the U.S. government signed a memorandum of understanding with the government of Somalia to construct up to five military bases for the Somali National Army in the name of bolstering the Army's capabilities in the ongoing fight against the militant group al-Shabaab. This is a troubling development that not only risks further militarizing Somalia and perpetuating endless war, but comes with the potential of exacerbating geopolitical rivalries at the expense of the needs and interests of ordinary Somalia. According to statements by U.S. officials, the bases are intended for the Day of Lightning Brigade, a U.S.-sponsored special op force established in 2014, funding for Deneb initially came from the U.S. State Department, which contracted the private security firm Bangkok Global to train and advise the unit. More recently, Deneb has received funding, equipment, and training from the Department of Defense. Of course, 
What else are we going to do? Build more mazes? Meanwhile, already moving to New York, Letitia James, the Attorney General, threatens to seize Trump's assets if he can't pay $355 million. Uh, According to Jonathan Turley, it's actually $455. New York Attorney General Letitia James has threatened to seize President Trump's assets if he cannot fork up the $355 million fine due to his New York civil fraud case. We saw this coming from a mile away. If you read my story of yesterday, you know that a specific New York law forces a defendant to pay the fine before they can appeal the decision. You can read more about it here. Here we have Jonathan Turley talking about a poison pill in the case. Very troubling. That's what's going on here that Trump has to put up the money. If you have trouble breathing, and of course, we got to make our way through the commercials. Here we are. Don't buy another pair of glasses. Now they add one commercial on top of another to make it. Alex, thank you, John. All right, Sandra, let's bring in Jonathan Terrell, a constitutional law uh, professor and a Fox News contributor. Professor, let's go back to the Donald Trump case, uh, the real estate fraud case before Judge Engeron. You said last week that the verdict and the judgment in that case is going to make doing business in New York about as attractive as buying country estates during the French Revolution. Uh, Kathy Hochul apparently had some inkling of what you said because she came out to try to assuage (laughs) the fears of people who do business in New York by saying this. Listen here. I think that this is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. And the fact that she came out to soothe fears like that uh, indicates that you probably either hit a nerve or you articulated the reality of what people are thinking in New York. Well, you know, it's a curious defense, because what the governor is saying is you don't have to worry if you're not Donald Trump in New York. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. That's why this judgment has to be uh, reversed. But for businesses... If the only thing between them and this type of corporate public execution is the level of discretion of Letitia James, then they're going to move to Florida pretty quickly. I mean, the you know the suggestion is don't worry, uh, we've got your back. This is really something all about Trump. Well, tomorrow it might be all about them. People in business look for those liabilities they can control. They're mm-hmm. margin actors. You know, they they look to see. Where is, am I going to be able to flourish? And in the past, New York has drawn businesses because of its legal system. There's always been a lot of crime. There's always been all of these inconveniences with New York. But it was also the center, not just of business, but of business law. What James did is erased all of that. She, she campaigned on bagging Donald Trump. She used a law that has never been used in this way against him. And she got a judge who just imposed... Uh, damages that are greater than the GNP of some countries. Uh, Trump Trump said this about that judgment in the campaign trail over the weekend. Listen here. The case is a complete and total sham. It's a sham case. There were no victims, no defaults, no damages, no complaints, no nothing. There was nothing. You know, uh, there was nothing here. And, and I don't know if it was you or somebody else who said that Letitia James charged the person she didn't charge the crime. Yeah, part of the, the disconnect here is that you have what will be over $455 million uh, if you include interest. And then on the other side of the ledger, you have zero. There's not a single dollar mm-hmm. lost by these victims. In fact, the people that James calls the victims actually wanted to do more business with Donald Trump. They said they made a lot of money and they viewed him as a whale client. They wanted more loans with him. And what's really insidious about this is that there's another provision in New York law that requires Trump to pony up the full amount uh, or to get a bond for that amount just to appeal this decision. 
So it's yeah. a sort of a perverse incentive for figures like this judge. If you he made this so large that it could force Trump to liquidate assets in New York just to be able to get other judges to look at this. So it's a grossly unfair situation. And I expect a lot of businesses are very uneasy after watching this unfold. Yeah, I mean, they just increased the tax base by a whole lot, theoretically. Maybe there are other big whales to go after as well. Mm-hmm. Professor, I was great to catch up with you. Thank sure. you. I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Turley and Nails. Uh, meanwhile, all eyes are on Judge Engron after an old 2002 report has resurfaced. Get this. Strange, strange guy, this judge. Judge Arthur Ergeron is responsible for fining Trump $355 million related to his New York civil fraud case. Despite nobody being named in the case, Trump was unfairly punished. After the unfair treatment, more people have begun to dig into Judge Ergeron's past. Here's Patriot 9-11 tweeting breaking news. Potential scandal services at 2002 report resurfaces involving Judge Arthur Ergonon's undisclosed relationship with opposing counsel's secretary and its impact on a legal case. New reports are, suffer- are surfacing, showing he had an inappropriate relationship with the secretary of the opposing counsel At the time, he was only a law secretary. Read the 2002 report from the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. Boone is defending the rabbis in an $11 million defamation suit filed by Helen O'Shea-Seiger of Borough Park, who claims her decision to allow her husband to remarry without requiring him to grant a rabbinical divorce in effect labeled her as an unfit spouse. Lewin said in court papers, the law secretary, Arthur Engeron, claims he only began dating the secretary of the opposing counsel, Christopher Sullivan, on May 10th. Lewin said Sullivan's action in the case may have been influenced by information he received from the woman, identified in the papers only as Sue. And Lewin noted that Ergeron was drafting later decisions, and communicating with a judge about this case during the time he was dating Sue Schoenfeld at the request of the defendants, recused himself from the case July 1st after revealing he had recently learned of the relationship. Here's another tweet, Tom Dooley. May this judge get the exact justice that he handed out? It proved and this man should vacation at a penal facility. Arthur Ingram embroiled a new scandal after 2002 report resurfaces. We're not done with a judge, it would appear. Meanwhile, Tom Fenton has a tweet about Fanny Willis. Let me find it for you. Stand by. So on top of the abuse of authority and power in targeting Trump to help line their own pockets, while in addition advancing Fannie Willis's political hatred for Trump and the Democratic Party's hatred for Trump, now is a question about whether they're being truthful to the court. Now, one of the cases may just break down because of the under the weight of their internal corruption. In Fulton County, Georgia, you may have seen, I hope you saw, and tracked the hearing about Fannie Willis and her lover, prosecutor, colleague, Mr. Wade. And they had the hearing finally. Uh, The judge found that he had to have a hearing to figure out what was going on, especially since they admitted they were having an affair. And there have been allegations that they lied about the start of the affair. And the core issue is, were they engaged in an affair in a way that undermined the appearance of justice for President Trump and the other American citizens? They're trying to jail on unprecedented charges and political charges for trying to, to dispute the Biden election. 
So there was a hearing yesterday, and I tell you, I've watched a lot of court hearings. I've been in court. I've had to testify in court. I can't believe what happened yesterday. I don't know. The judge must be horrified by the behavior of Fannie Willis and her colleague, Mr. Wade, her lover. Oh, I think they've broken up. I mean, I guess one is tempted to kind of laugh a little bit at the absurdity and the kind of the low comedy of these two individuals who clearly don't have the professional demeanor uh, to be prosecuting, in my view, traffic tickets, let alone this sensitive and, and really outrageous case against President Trump and others. I couldn't agree more. They're not qualified to handle driving ticket, traffic tickets. Absolutely right. Meanwhile, an anti-Trump, anti-Christian film mess flop at the box office. A lot of you are going to appreciate this. Rob Reiner, Meatheads, latest anti-Trump film flop at the box office during its opening week. A film entitled God and Country took a stab at Christian nationalism and claimed that the movement was a threat to the very fabric of democracy. Left-wing critics were head over heels in love with the film because, of course, they were. However, ticket sales and data indicate the film only brought in a paltry $38,000 its first week across 85 theaters. This is dismal for any film, whether it be an indie flick or a big budget produced by a major film studio. It looks like Americans just aren't buying what Reiner is selling. But have they ever? Rob Reiner announced last week, faith leaders tell us that Christian nationalism is not a threat to democracy, but to Christianity itself. God and country opens nationally in theaters today. If you're in L.A., join director Dan Partland at the Landmark Theater for a screening in questions and answers. So here he is promoting it. Here's Pamela Hensley tweeting, Rob Reiner's new movie, God and Country, flops with only $38,000 opening. I can't wait not to see it. Right, Bart, parse the numbers. As one website put it, that's averaging $451 per theater over four days, which is incredibly low. If you assume it had only one showing each day and likely it had several, it brought in about $112 a day or 10 people a day spread across however many showings. The Christian Post wrote, the film suggests adhering to conservative Christian views is bad enough. But any attempt at securing political representation to enact them is presumably dangerous and even idolatrous, evincing what Moore describes as a valorization of power itself. Megan Basham. Yes, she just made those observations. Here's another. Curtis Hebert. Meathead ignores the fact that this country is built on Judeo-Christian values. Note. Like all Rob Reiner movies, God and Country flops with a $38,000 opening, Rolling Stone. And now, half a century later, Reiner has called to produce a new documentary, God and Country, which is like an extended argument with Archie's descendants, the Christian nationalists who played a central role in the January 6th insurrection, form the core of Donald Trump's most committed base, and make Bunker's racist patriotism seem almost quaint. And that's, of course, because he was a older son and all in the family, Archie Bunker. Brilliant at the time, lampooning liberty, uh, bigotry. Quite sensational stuff. Pathbreaking in its time. Meanwhile, PJ Newsletter. Trump pulls off $10 billion victory, and liberals can't believe Donald did it. From all appearances, Democrats are working overtime to destroy Donald Trump. They have launched numerous lawsuits against him, 
One of them resulted in a major fine and other outrageous penalties. Many Americans believe Democrats are using the legal system to bleed Trump dry. Instead of focusing on his presidential campaign, he must use resources to fight these battles. But if they think Trump is out of options, they could be sorely mistaken. The SEC, that's the Securities and Exchange Commission, of course, just made an announcement that will have Democrats fuming. And it could give Trump a massive windfall. Be right back. Lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. My name is John, I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email t- ah, look at all the lonely people.
Well, Trump campaign reveals a bombshell 2024 update, a gigantic rumor. Actually, I've been predicting this right along, which is that after the South Carolina event, Nikki Haley will drop out from Daily Wire. Former President Trump 2024 campaign team released a memo Tuesday blasting his GOP rival Nikki Haley, predicting the end is near. Saner campaign will conclude on Saturday when voters in her home state of South Carolina go to the polls. Nikki Haley's campaign ends Saturday, February 24th, fittingly in her home state, rejected by those who know her best, Team Trump Menno began. I have no doubt that's accurate. Trump, last I saw, was leading in South Carolina by 30 points. Here's a rather interesting piece. Trump gives his short list of VP candidates. Laura Ingram discussed it. Uh, uh, Audience has uh, been asked who they think would be a good choice, and various names came up. Um, uh, One of them was, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. He's made a big splash. Ron DeSantis, who's making an appearance today in South Carolina, we just found out. Um, Obviously, Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, and a a big uh, presence here. For Tulsi Gabbard, um, very interesting. Um, are, and Christy Nome as well, I should say. Right. Are, are, are they all on your short list? And when can you when can we expect that you will so announce your choice? The one thing that always surprises me is that the VP choice has absolutely no impact. It's whoever the president is. It just seems. Uh, I remember when Sarah Palin was actually picked and she did have a big up and then mm. uh, they just went after her at a level that nobody seen. The Republicans themselves went after what they did. But you'll be a one term president because you've already served. Yeah. So you can only serve for one term, although they say you'll never leave office. I assume uh, yeah, that you'll do. never leave. They'll never be in ele- another say, election. Don't again. do it. He'll never leave. He's yeah. never going. Oh, these people. They um, there's more to it, including photographs. And include on the list, Tucker Carlson. I do think Tucker's a real likely prospect. And, of course, I've long been predicting Trump was going to run with Tulsi. I find it very interesting that there was a lot of sentiment for Tulsi right there and then. Meanwhile, 69% of Americans want the border locked down. The Democrats' plan has crumbled. It's actually become the number one issue of the election, the border. Uh, this is backfiring massively if the Democrats thought this was going to be beneficial to them. A recent poll conducted by The Economist and YouGov revealed a whopping 69% of Americans believe the United States would greatly benefit from implementing new restrictions on migration at the southern border. The survey questioning 1,671 citizens from February 11th through 13th showed overwhelming support for curbing the influx of migrants. Talk about a major win for the conservative crowd. As I frequently mentioned, if we were to simply adopt Mexico's policy, that required, number one, you can only immigrate to Mexico if you can show you have something to contribute to the good of Mexico. Carpenter, plumber, doctor, lawyer. Number two, you can only immigrate to Mexico if you have the financial resources to support yourself and your family, whoever is coming with you, that you not become a burden on the state. Just those two principles would put an end to all this nonsense at our border. Except, of course, that the Democrats are in office They're not going to enforce the law anyway. They're not enforcing them now. Why would we think they'd enforce them if there were new ones? Nation's oldest gunmaker exits New York after 200 years. Remington, the nation's oldest gun manufacturer, located for more than 200 years in Lyon, New York, will move to LaGrange, Georgia on March 4th. 208 years of history, gone, gone. Lyon Mayor... John P. Stephen told the New York Times, Lion is Remington. Remington is Lion. History and nostalgic loss we're going to suffer is almost, if not bigger, than the financial, whose father was an employee at Remington for 37 years. Remington said it no longer feels welcome in left-leaning New York. The company's chief executive, in fact, boasted on Facebook, 
referred to Georgia as a state that supports and welcomes the firearms industry. New York is going to become an economic wasteland. Mark my words. There's a Washington Post was dragged for an article criticizing lack of racism lessons at Nikki Haley's all-white high school. Now do Joe Biden's, a Washington Post article, criticizing presidential candidate Nikki Haley's all-white high school is blasted by political commentators on Tuesday. I'd say this is simply carrying racism to an extraordinary degree. But that's exactly what we're experiencing here in the United States now. Here's a peculiar one, but it seems consistent with Letitia and, and with Fanny. New York, the first female mayor of a small Illinois village, is facing accusations of shutting down businesses that refuse to donate to her campaign during official meetings. Tiffany Henyard is seen dressed as a movie gangster Nino Brown from New York City. She even brought in a DJ to pay Rihanna's BBBB better have my money. One residence claims she was forced to close its trucking business after he refused to renew the $3,500 contribution to her political fund. And of course, Tiffany like Letitia James and Fannie Willis, happens to be black. I don't get it. Is there something about getting positions of power that causes black women to abuse their authority? I hesitate to overgeneralize. It's just very damn hot. Meanwhile, Kansas City's mass shooting was just blacks mad. They were getting looked at by other blacks, it turns out. He's about it on Oon's Review by Andrew Anglin. Kansas City Super Bowl victory celebration shooting was initially billed as a mass shooting. Turned out to be exactly what I said it was. Black people shooting others for no reason. Did I say shooting each other? I meant shooting at each other. One random woman was killed. 22 others injured. None of the blacks involved in the dispute were hit. Now one of the shooters is arguing he was just goofing around. Right. Meanwhile, Harvard's Roland Fryer found no racial bias in police shootings and had to live under police protection for a month. Why? Because he found it wasn't racially motivated crime. Here's a completely different matter. Sean Diddy Combs, very famous rapper, denies gang rape of a 17-year-old girl in Manhattan recording studio, claims photo showing her sitting on his lap isn't accurate. A 54-year-old Harlem-born rapper has filed an official legal challenge refuting bombshell abuse accusations made by the alleged victim now in her 30s. She claimed that Combs... His longtime friend and rapper, Harvey Pierre, and a third unidentified man flew her to his New York studio before raping her. The alleged victim is the fourth woman to make allegations against Combs. He has never been convicted, but had recently settled a lawsuit. Justice show it's not only President Trump who's hit with lawsuit, but this one might even be real. Meanwhile, the mother of a Super Bowl parade shooting suspect started GoFundMe to help her son through tragic times. Her son was one of the shooters. The mother of one of the two suspects of the deadly shooting during the Super Bowl parade last week tried to crowdsource fund for her son before apparently coming to her senses and shutting the account down. Would you know some of the accounts for Sandy Hook victims were put up before the shooting had even take place? Or should I say, before the FEMA drill had been conducted? Here's from VT. Murdered for speaking out. Last words of David Goldberg, warning of mass murder of Americans to come. 
if Goldberg had a real White House source, and we believe he did, then the horrific things he warns of in his tedious but excusable monotone, things VT, also known as Veterans Today, has confirmed, explained what really began on 9-11 and why Israel has trained so many of our police, why they control all social media and press, why they control the DHS, and why our own army is now an occupation army that we earned yesterday, just created 200,000 fake people to gather the data Goldberg warned about. Goldberg says, White House sources claim Trump is working with Zionists to round up millions of Americans after a staged power blackout. All rounded up by DHS, ICE, all typically white and suburban will be murdered. That looks to me in a propaganda category. I don't really believe any of that. Meanwhile, Google has a new AI model, Gemini, which has become a laughing stock after its absurdly diverse depictions of historically white figures go viral. Another story about Gemini, it's embarrassingly hard to get Gemini to acknowledge white people even exist. Meanwhile, long COVID and trans, trans agenda, a leftist illness duo unveiled. This is long COVID. Just when you thought the insanity couldn't get any worse, a new survey has revealed a bizarre connection between the so long, so-called long COVID and the transgender movement. Yes, you heard that right. Apparently, these two left-wing agendas go hand in hand. According to the survey, transgender individuals experience the highest rate of long COVID, with a whopping 46% reporting to struggle with a supposed condition. Meanwhile, only 32% of women and a mere 22% of men complained about long COVID. It's almost as though the more you embrace the leftist agenda, the more likely you are to suffer from imaginary illness. I think that's probably right. Meanwhile, we have Richie and Boston talking about two, two out of three Americans are going to be gone by 2015. This appears to be picking up on the Deagle website, which makes such a projection. It's showing video here of a big trouble here. I mean, these are two of the most dangerous gangs on the planet. They are prison spawn gangs. They, they come out of the muck and the slime of these South American prisons, which are their stronghold country. We're going to be living with this crime wave for decades. And I believe that Venezuela is emptying their prisons deliberately and sending these people up here, just like Castro did in the 80s. These are migrants in New York who are getting 100% free staying in hotels. They give child, personal item, diapers, whatever they need, money, support. They clean the rooms, the hotel rooms every day for the migrants. Some of us wouldn't mind having that kind of service. But of course, it's not going to happen. Only to those they're counting on voting Democrat or alternatively participating in a war against the United States. Meanwhile, EV, electric vehicle discounts, surged at 204% as dealers are desperate to unload inventory I've mentioned before. The dealerships around the country are just stocked with electric vehicles nobody wants to buy. Here's the story. Oh, boy. Have you heard the latest scoop on those fancy new electric vehicles, EVs? According to a report by This Is Money, car dealers are practically begging folks to buy these things by offering wild discounts of up to 25%. Can you believe it? 
It's like they're handing out free candy on Halloween. But instead of candy, it's electric cars. And instead of kids, it's desperate dealers hoping to get these EVs off their lot. Apparently, the average discount on a new EV in the U.K. has skyrocketed by a whopping 204% since last January. That's like going from the tiny ant to a big old elephant in terms of discounts. And get this, the dealers are going to extreme lengths to get these things sold. It's like a wild circus out there, folks. The green energy scam is coming to a screeching halt as dealers are desperate to rid themselves of cars not many want to buy. Report, desperate car dealers slashing EV prices to try and boost sales. The whole shebang comes out on the heels of a warning. there are you gonna wait till the cows come home to get your new ease off drop and lift what in the world is an ease off drop and lift our ease off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control that sounds great but can i afford it sure and the ease off installs fast the effortless operation will reduce fatigue speed up your line and increase profits okay i'm convinced where can i get my ease off go to easeoff.com that's e-a-z-e-o-f-f.com and hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time easeoff.com we make pigs fly cows too ease off llc 417-932-6419 corporate media dominates the american opinion finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult with the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties as a listener of rbn no one understands this concept better than you Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. out today, Dr. Joseph Mercola, a very smart guy, 
why AI isn't likely to replace American workers. This is a little controversial story at a glance. The the fear of new technology, be it calculators or chat GPT, often stems from a lack of understanding and apprehension in the face of change. In the case of chat GPT, we are witnessing a phase where initial fears are predominantly based on misconception about AI taking over human tasks entirely. While a 2013 study by the University of Oxford predicted 47% of the American workforce might be replaced by AI over the next two decades, that prediction is unlikely to come to pass. Because AI hallucinations are a permanent feature, the need for human judgment will remain whenever and wherever AI is used. ChatGPT is designed to be a tool that augments human capabilities. It can facilitate various tasks, like generating ideas, composing text, coding, and more. ChatGPT is akin to a pipeline, channeling vast amounts of information and insight to disseminate knowledge more broadly. This efficiency is not about replacing human action, but enhancing it, allowing individuals to focus on aspects of their work that require uniquely human attributes like empathy, strategic thinking, and creativity. So here he talks about six precautions when using chat, GPT, and other generative AI devices uh, in his article. Meanwhile, finally, what a young Larry David was a very creative uh, television figure he hired today. I've often pointed out, Steve Saylor writes, that up through the first Obama term, Hollywood and Silicon Valley were largely exempt from affirmative action pressure. But much has changed during the Great Awakening. Here's inquisitive bird tweeting. Large demographic shift in American TV series staff. According to Writers Guild of America West data, between 2011 and 2020, writers moved from 35% to 63% women and 72% down to 44% white. Just from 2017 to 2021, the percentage of new members of the Writers Guild of America West dropped from 45% to 25 The decline in straight white men was even more precipitous from their inception in Equality Report of 2022. New member data. And right back and taking your calls. Simple with Colorado Shioji. Fact bit number one. What goes in must come out. Whatever we ingest, breathe in, or transfer by contact must be expelled. Expelled directly as burned calories, through perspiration, respiration, or expelled via urinary and gastric channels. Every element that is not properly used or removed by our bodies become toxins. And toxins, as we know, are causal to every disease and ailment. Toxins are what makes us subpar unable to be at our best. Be your healthy best by cleansing your body of daily and deeply embedded toxins. Live stronger, and we hope live longer. Shilajit, legit Shilajit, that is like Colorado Shilajit, 
is perhaps the greatest homeopathic whole body remover of toxins made by Mother Earth. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 